he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Sheldon was saying that he feels like it will be good for Morgan because he's, you know, getting into a rhythm coming off the injury to play with someone like you who's playing so confidently. Is he like what goes through your mind as someone who is young and looked up to Morgan that now that you're seen as a guy who can, you know, help him? Uh, I think uh, Morgan can take care of himself. Uh, he's been in the league for a long time, so just fun, uh, fun for me to be able to play with him again. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com as we welcome you back into Scotiabank Arena ahead of the Leafs and Panthers tonight. That's a game you can hear on TSN 1050 tonight. Puck drop at 7 p.m. And you just heard Mark Masters trying to get a wholesome quote out of Timothy Lilligren, who would say, yes, I've, I've worked so hard to play alongside Morgan Riley, and now to hear I can help him is such a moment of honor. No avail. He didn't give you any soft stuff, Mark. I just, oh, you know, it's every answer reveals a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, right? Like this guy, I remember when he first broke in, how glowingly he spoke of Morgan Riley, how much he looked up to him, and now gets to play with him again as they've played together in the past, of course, but uh, on the same pair. But now, you know, Sheldon Keefe praising Lilligren yesterday and saying, you know, playing with with Lilligren will help Riley get on track. I mean, that's got to be strange, I thought, maybe if you're Lilligren to hear that. So, uh, (laughs) but there he said it, you know, Riley, Riley doesn't need any help, but it sure feels like he needs some stability. It would feel like would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like TJ Brody, probably close to returning. You would hope that that will give him the stability that he needs to get back to being the Morgan Riley that, you know, Leafs Nation has come to, to know and love, right? I would think so. Brody's skating this morning. I saw him. I know Sheldon Keefe said maybe he was skating yesterday as well, although he wasn't 100% sure. So two weeks was the timeline for this rib injury. That would put him, what, Saturday, maybe Monday against the Islanders. That's where we're trending right now. He hasn't practiced yet, so we'll see tomorrow or maybe Friday before they head to Montreal. So that will, that, I mean, Brody usually stabilizes whoever he plays with. Right. But Favorite he's babysitter. getting on in years, and now he's had a couple injuries this season, and you, you know, it's maybe not fair to expect him to come right in and stabilize your top pair. So hopefully by the time he's back, Riley has gotten a little bit more in a groove here. I mean, this is the fourth straight game he'll have a new partner. I mean, it's not easy, uh, especially when you are trying to get up to speed. And you can understand, you know, Sheldon Keefe explaining it. Big game in Boston. Did not want to mess with uh, the other pairs that were working well, so he just put Timmins in with Riley. But uh, obviously we know that did not work out well, and we'll see what Lilligren can do with Sandine missing tonight's game with that illness. It's a chance to... You know, give a give this a little bit of look and see maybe they can can catch some lightning in a bottle. You've covered Morgan Riley for a long time. Where where's his disposition at, just on a day to day basis around the room? I feel like it's uh, he he never really changes too much. It's kind of a good thing in a, yeah. in a defenseman. Yeah, he doesn't like to talk about himself for sure. That's why I kind of perked up a bit Saturday post game when he took the blame for the uh, first goal. Right. Well, I mean, uh, well, you know, it was his it was, turnover, yeah. but <laughs> oftentimes he'll he'll speak about the team in generalities. Yeah. And and, and he kind of repeated it himself. You know, turnovers. My, you know, including me, myself especially, or something along those lines is what he said. So I think he's more cognizant of it. So it's you know, he, again, he's not a guy who openly speaks about himself a lot. So it, I'm sure it's not comfortable for him the last Saturday night obviously in, in Boston he was asked a lot about how he's feeling coming off the injury and he does not want to use that as an excuse but it is an excuse yeah. you miss a lot of time with a serious injury in the middle of the year and then you jump right back on and moving 
train, there's going to be an adjustment period no matter who you are, except maybe Austin Matthews, but uh, wow. who looked pretty good after the two-game he layoff. <laughs> looked rejuvenated. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he, I find that his approach to the media doesn't change too much. Uh, he's always trying to be that kind of even-killed guy. I think it's one of the reasons why John Tavares really speaks so highly of him as a guy who helps in the leadership role, as a guy who's been in this market forever. He's seen the ups. He's seen the downs. He's had ups. He's had downs. And he can ride them, and he's learned how to, to ride them over the years. Anything uh, else that came from Morning Skate or from your chat with Sheldon Keefe today that uh, you found notable? Not particularly. I mean, this flu bug's working the way through the room, yeah. right? Uh, so it was just getting updates on that. Bobby McMahon come, comes back in. He was talking this morning about how tough it was. Think about that. You start your yeah. NHL career, two games. You look pretty good. Goal stolen. Yeah, goal <laughs> stolen. On the dad's trip. On the dad's trip. Your dad's jumping and fist pumping. And uh, and then, uh, you know, the coach, Sheldon Keefe, which he won't always do this, but after the game Thursday in Detroit, he said, you know, McMahon's in again. He had confirmed it, which yeah. usually he'll say, let's, that's what the plane ride's for, and let's see what right. happens after the day off. But no, he, he was like, McMahon's going to keep going. And then McMahon gets sick uh, and can't go on Saturday for what would have been such a cool atmosphere and to be in that game, and he doesn't get to be in that game. So talking to him this morning, you know, he's, he's pumped to get back in, but obviously he said it was pretty emotional. He said the good thing was it wasn't like he was trying to get in. Like the medical staff was saying, no, he's like, I was not able to play, guys. I yeah. was not going to be able to play. I was, I didn't want to press too hard on that. You know, the stomachs, you know, what, you know, the nature of the illness. Yes, but, yes. Uh, it's, it's fine. You know, Keith said, you know, once it gets going, you can't really stop it. Once it's in the room, you try and take different precautions. Everyone's been taking precautions during the pandemic anyway. Right. But it's really hard. So uh, Matthews had it, obviously, last week, missed the game Thursday. Maybe he could have played if he didn't get sick, along with the, uh, the unspecified mystery uh, injury, but uh, but yeah, so that that that's interesting. Holmberg gets another day of rest, and uh, and McMahon's back in, so I'll be looking for for him. It was funny though; he's playing with Engvall, and uh, Keith was saying that they're similar. He gets them even in practice. Yeah. 74, 47. 47. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was pretty funny. So McMahon back in tonight. Good. For, uh, I hope he's 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 feeling good and looking good, and nothing too crazy came out of this morning. Yeah, I, I liked him so far though. Like the, the first couple of games that he's played, like he, he seems to play a pretty simple game, like a, just a north-south game. But I mean, that seems to be kind of what the identity of what Keith wants that third line to be. At first, I was a little bit—I don't say surprised, but it's not too often you see a guy make his angel debut like that on the third line, right? Like typically, you would see him on you know a, a fourth line sheltered role, maybe for Robertson, you know, what, because of the player he was in a top six role. But they're like, no, nah, we're going to put him on, on this third line and, and allow him to go out there and check and forecheck. And I thought that he's he's kind of answered the bell. So I, I'm not overly surprised. Well, I guess I'm surprised as to how well he's played since coming. But it makes sense that Sheldon Keefe has, has also been happy with the results. Yeah, and they're looking for traction in the bottom six here, yeah. right? So if McMahon, he, there's an opportunity. Like, you well, come up and why not? Like, he's made an impression. He doesn't look out of place. The coach clearly is comfortable. And, you know, not even just, not even, you know, as you said, debut, usually maybe fourth line. But no, and it's a line that maybe is going to play in the defensive end. That's maybe yeah. going to face some uh, tough opposition over the course of the game with the way David Kampf is deployed. So, um, yeah, it speaks highly of McMahon. And uh, he's really, you really like the way he reacted to those first two NHL games for sure. Okay. The Austin Matthews, Michael Bunting 
uh, line was put back together with Mitch Marner for the third, a little bit of the third of the game in Boston. Actually, before we get to that, what was the game in Boston like inside the building? Oh, it was awesome. It was really was cool. Was it giving you playoff vibes? Yeah, yeah. It really did feel like, even from the morning, you know, Matthews comes back, and just the way the players speak about playing in Boston is different than... Uh, other buildings like they were like Marner's using like hate hatefulness between the fan bases and Matthews is calling it a hostile environment and it was pretty clear you know Simmons is like you know you do not want to get embarrassed in Boston like this is a, this is a building this building's got character the fan it was a Saturday night both teams coming off a loss first place second place huge swing game in the division at least you know you build it up that yep. way even though Toronto's got a lot of work work to yeah. do to make it a race. Simmons says they basically have to win every game the rest of the year, so that might be tough, but it was a great game. The atmosphere was awesome, uh, but yeah, there were some flashbacks there, especially with the late goal going in for Boston yeah. and just the way the mistakes, right? It just feels like that building and that team burns out the worst uh, breakdowns at the worst time for this Maple Leafs team, and it's there, the Riley and Tavares and such important guys, and then Murray and the goal goes in. Yeah, there's some flashbacks, but in terms of a hockey experience and a watching and viewing experience from that press box to be in the building, it, that was pretty cool for a mid for a January game with lots of runway until the playoffs. Yeah. It felt it felt like an important game. Yeah, it was electric in there, and at some point during the third period, Sheldon Keefe opted to go back as he often does to Matthews, Bunting, and Marner, everybody's favorite line in the NHL last season. You think we're nearing the time where where that magic starts to get put back together? If there if there is, because yesterday I pointed out the reason that line was taken apart in the first place was because they they weren't really clicking the same way at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and Matthew said that yesterday when I asked him. He's like, our games were not in the place they are now when right. we were playing together. Uh, and I remember asking Sheldon Keefe about why he was sticking with them early on, because they came back from October from that uh, disastrous California-Vegas run, right. uh, and he kept them together when they got back. And I said, well, you know, how you thought this through? And he's like, listen, I haven't forgotten that that was one of the best lines in hockey, and they really, Matthews and Marner, took their chemistry to another level last season. But eventually, you know, they had to make a change, right? It wasn't working. And I was, I'm, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they're going to go back to that by yeah. the, by the time the the most meaningful games happen. That's usually what we have seen under Sheldon Keefe. It, that was a pretty important game, at least you know for that moment, and that's what he went back to on Saturday. Uh, and I asked him yesterday, I said, you know, why why did you decide not to keep? Because it felt like you know they've lost two in a row in regulation, just the second time this season. This could be an excuse to to put them back together, but he doesn't want to overreact to that game. He knows that things have been rolling along pretty nicely for the Leafs with. You know, Tavares, Barner, Matthews, Nylander, right? Nylander's having an amazing year. But now Nylander's gone quiet, two assists in yeah. six games. And so you, you're wondering in the middle of the season, maybe they need a boost. This will be interesting tonight. If they don't play well, if they don't react well, and they lose again, three straight regulation losses, I don't believe has happened this season. That You know, I wonder if we're edging towards getting the, those guys back together. Uh, you know, you're playing a, a, a team like Boston with a line like Bergeron. You want your best guys together to combat that, and they did a great job when they were together on Saturday. Well, it was about this time a year ago. I think it was January fifteenth onward was when Matt, Mitch Marner came back right. off of he was on the COVID list. I mean, most of the team was on the COVID list at that point in the season, but he came off and that trio got put back together, and he went on to have, I believe, the most points at five on five out of anybody in the NHL. So I mean, this is you know the the second half of the season. That's that's a trio that really got going. So to your point, I'll be curious to see how much longer of a rope that the they have being separated. But at the same time, like I, I think like we chatted about this a little bit yesterday, and we we're kind of doing a pros and cons list. But when you're looking at it, it, it also I think from a coaching perspective, 
you're you're playing chess almost with the opposition where it's like okay if you got a shutdown line you got a shutdown pair you got to choose which one you want to go with and and that kind of gives Toronto an advantage when both those lines are going where the opposition really has to think like okay which one do we really want to try and shut down yeah, Marner wasn't buying that, that yesterday when I when I put it to him. He's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think they play us the same way." But yeah. you're right. Like, I mean, <laughs> now it's interesting, right? Because I think Matthews, Marner, Bunting is their best line. If they just put those guys together, that yeah. gives them their most explosive line. But is that the best lineup for this team? And Marner is obviously an elite defensive guy, or a really good defensive player as well, penalty killer, all that. He can help stabilize maybe Tavares, who's getting on in years. And Nylander has been prone to some 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 lapses in defensive uh, awareness. Yeah. And playing with Matthews, who's returned into this this 200-foot force, can help him. So maybe it, you know, it gives you two really good lines, or great lines even, that if they're both clicking are great lines, versus where Tavares and Nylander, well, how much did we talk about that? line last year about how you know they're giving up goals and they don't look right and now you got two going so I don't know and that's you know what they got to figure out over the second half of the season is what is the best alignment and that's why games like even tonight I know Florida isn't in the standings where we thought maybe they would be but they've won five of seven it's a divisional rival you're at home let's see what happens they're feeling good Matthew Kachuk is on a seven game point streak he's a force how do they match up against him so it'll be interesting because you know what what is the best for the team right that's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah, we've seen Nylander kind of evolve defensively over the past season. Do you think that might cause Sheldon Keefe to maybe take a second look at Nylander Tavares? Uh, maybe, uh, although that line, what happened on in Boston right. Saturday, uh, Nylander <laughs> yeah. was blowing the zone like crazy. Tavares missed him, turned over the puck, and that line was on the ice for the goal against. Yeah. So Matthews and Marner got them the tying goal, and Tavares and Nylander, that line gave it back up. So... Uh, Nylander's interesting, right? Again, I mentioned the, that this is now the, the quietest part of his season. Yeah. He's been so consistent. And the guy, you know, Matthew said it yesterday, this guy has consistently been more engaged this year. Rasmus Sandin recently said he feels like he's taking that extra stride. It is hard to do over 82 games. Yeah. Uh, and so let's see how he reacts tonight. If he wants to keep playing with uh, Matthews, and who wouldn't want to, with the numbers he's putting up and Nylander on pace for a tremendous year, He's got to show it, so let's see if it clicks back in. Because he looked really frustrated actually on Saturday night, and he's usually a pretty yeah. cool, cool customer. But he was slamming his. T- you don't always see that from uh, cool, calm, collected William Nylander. So I'll be intrigued to see how he responds tonight. Chat with TSN, uh, his own Mark Masters, the leader of Masters Nation. By the way, were you up till like 3 a.m. last night watching tennis? Like, how did you get up for morning skate? No, I wasn't. You know, I got to. It's funny. I woke up and I'm like, what? Murray Berrettini went five sets? Because Murray was in complete control when I was drifting off to bed last. He can't do it, obviously. You know, I'm a, I'm a good pro. And I'm going to get my sleep You're in. I'm going to. I got to be ready. It's a big game day here. I knew I had this hit, of course, with you guys. And yep. I wanted to be ready Real pro. for that. You know, I'm going to bring my A game when I'm on with you guys. It's tough, though. But, I, you know, it's been nice. We at TSN request, like, earlier start times. So 7 p.m., first match of the day in Australia is great prime time. Kind of, Bianca Andreescu is going to be going up against uh, the Leafs game tonight, so that might be tricky for me. I might have that going on on my Ooh, phone or yeah. my laptop, keeping an eye because I loved how she looked a couple days ago. Looks like she's kind of got the the groove back. I loved watching Leilani Fernandez yesterday, so I am watching a bit, but I, I can't, I can't stay up. Maybe if there was a day off coming up, but boy, this schedule is unforgiving over the next stretch. Day uh, uh, practice game, practice game, so it's going to be tough to watch a lot of the uh, Aussie Open. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Julia. It's a, it, it's an unfortunate phase 
time in the season for the Leafs to have the flu bug, like with mm-hmm. with Florida tonight and then Winnipeg Thursday. That's, That's the rivalry. Forget about Florida being in the division. Yeah, Winnipeg is the rivalry. It is. It's funny you say that. We did. Um, I, I don't. Oh, I think it was coming off of the Canada U.S. game of the World Juniors. We did like our Thursday three pack, and we did biggest rivalries that we like to watch in sports currently. And I said Leafs. Jets. Yeah. This is becoming a rivalry. Like these two teams, there's animosity and they hate each other. And yeah, that game's coming up on uh, on on Thursday. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I mean, there's also some animosity in this game here tonight. Like anytime Makachuk is on the ice, there's going to be some hatred and some animosity. I mean, what factor do you expect him to play in tonight's game? Oh, I, fa- I expect him to be a factor. I mean, the the Commanders are fighting for their playoff lives here. Yeah. Really, it feels like they got to they got to get on a roll here, and they are starting to roll. But Kachuk's kind of the heartbeat, as he always tends to be. We know he's got history. I mean, Muzzin isn't playing, obviously, but, you know, he, he's got a history with Matthews from the U.S. program, with Marner from the London. I, I mean, he's going to be up for this game. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, a reporter asked him uh, after the game in Buffalo, just, you know, some there were, there's been some bad blood, because there's bad blood probably with Kachuk and every team, let's yeah. be honest, but there was some, some you know, stuff with him and Dylan Cousins, and they're like, what, what's it like when it's chipping? He's like, this wasn't a chippy game. This was a one o'clock start. Let's get out of here with the win. <laughs> like, it was just so funny. It was so flippant about it because, you know, it's really a Kachuk scale of chippiness, right, for him. I expect him to be a big factor. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. it's uh, Who do you think answers that bell with no, no Simmons No Simmons, tonight? yeah. Michael Bunting's music? Oh, well, he'll probably be the guy most likely to be on the ice with him. I'm trying to think on the on the back end. Yeah. They don't really have, like, somebody who – well, Jordy Ben Jordy, maybe, yeah, yeah he's but tonight. he's on the third pair. So with uh, Timmons there is what we're expecting. So um, Lilligren, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. He's going to get into it with someone. Bunting would be right at the top of the list. Got to stay on the right side of the line there. And, uh, yeah, you just know he'll be a factor in tonight's game. Giordano was saying you have to agitate him back. Like he said, you've got to play him hard. You can't let him just run around and do his thing. And um, Giordano well, might play, see him a lot. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, Gio's a guy who, I mean, like he's got that old man strength. Mm-hmm. Like, Gio, Gio, he might be out there, and he'll, they'll be boxing out each other in front of the net. That's, a guy, that's the guy I probably look at because I think mm, that's probably who you're going to want to get right? Gio and Hall. Yeah, they would have played together for, for a few years back in, in Calgary, right? I asked him, I asked him, do you know his tricks? Because you, you know him so well. And he said, I don't know if I know his tricks, but I know exactly what he does well in and around the net. So, you know, hopefully I can prevent him from – he's seen him up close. He's like, this guy works on his net front stuff. Like, he thinks he's underrated. You know, Giordano's really? like, as many points as he put, puts up and as, as much as he's talked about, he still feels Kachuk with his net front game is underrated because he thinks he's, like, right up there. Like, So he knows that. It'll be intriguing. And he's, you know, I love watching Gio. Like, oh, Giordano, he's just such a competitor. The ultimate competitor, I think, is what Keith described him as earlier this season. He's playing big minutes as the oldest skater in the league. He's fearless jumping in front of Marchand one-timers. Uh, he's got a secret smoothie he has on game days. Oh, Lots of electrolytes and salts. Yeah, they, they post uh, the <laughs> Post out this the lease blueprint uh, okay, behind yeah, the scenes, and they did something uh, on the nutritionist Margaret Hughes, and uh, she said the, we know he's getting on in years. We put together a special concoction for him on game days. So Giordano didn't spill all the beans, but a lot of electrolytes, a lot of salt. Apparently, he cramped a lot in his younger days, but he's got all the tricks to keep him going. And whatever it's doing, it's pretty amazing that he's still doing what he is at uh, 39. Do salt we want to talk <laughs> about your secret smoothie this morning, JT? <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, I'm you want to tell Mark Masters today, what happened Mark. today? <laughs> this morning, I went to make myself a green juice Go with on. Uh, my green. It's a secret too. Like I don't want to be like Giordano giving away my secrets, but there's pineapple involved, there's cucumber and, and celery involved. 
What else? Mint, kale, and, and, and jalapeno. For what? a fun little kick at the end. Okay. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't make it spicy. It just makes it kind of fun, like spicy margarita. You're burying the, the lead morning. here. Burying the lead. I I made my green juice, and then I went to put my contacts in, and it was an, it was a disaster because I still had some jalapeno remnants on my hand. Oh. It was a disaster, Mark. I thought you were going to say the contacts were in the smoothie. No, I, it, it was a mess. I had oh, to wash my no. eyes out. I'm wearing glasses right now. I look oh. like I look like someone's librarian. It's just <laughs> no, it was it was a bad morning. That's and the worst part was texting AB and Stephen oh. and saying, "Listen, I had a little bit of a jalapeno running this morning, so I'm going to be about ten minutes late to Scotiabank." How would you describe that feeling? It's just jalapeno in your I'm eyes. I'm just inescapable. Burning? I'm like, like I'm, I was Could you kneeling. open your eyes? Were you crying? Just no, tears running down your... No, and I wanted your... the contact out of my eye so oh, bad, no. but I couldn't open my eye to, uh, to excavate it out. This is terrible. It was. It oh. would have had me on the IR for like three days if I was on the leaves. But you're tough. Yes, exactly. And I'm you're a grinding guy. through it, and you're on the air, and I couldn't tell. I didn't know she was... I'm playing no, through she's, it. I didn't I'm know. playing through oh, it. Oh, yeah. I she's doing me. well. It's her flu game today. She's yeah. having a flu game. <laughs> <Let's hope laughs> Maybe Bobby McMahon will respond like That's it. Uh, Julia here, so that would be good. It was a jalapeno in the eye morning. Well, talk about IR. I, I think the one story that we haven't gone to, which uh, which you probably should a little bit, is, is Nick Robertson. Oh. Uh, yesterday, oh. news coming out that he's going to be out for at least six months with season-ending shoulder surgery. The guy has just the worst luck possible, um, just has missed so much time in such key years of development. I mean, what, what what's your thoughts, I guess, on, on this news and, and what this could mean for Nick Robertson going forward? Yeah, I, I it's sad uh, is my initial reaction to see that. Yep. Guy didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all, that sort of thing. Uh, from the hockey standpoint, you just you wonder where it leaves him. Mentally, I know like he beats himself up enough just when he is playing about how he's playing. Yeah. I remember talking to him before I left for the World Juniors, and he was like, i got to get my dog up here because I think about hockey way too much because we were talking about Aww. dogs and how Marner has Zed on his stick for Zeus and Matthews really leans on his dog for off days and just getting away, and they loved it. And he's like, i got to get my dog up here. I think about hockey too much. I just, I, you feel for He wants to succeed so badly, and every time he gains some traction, it feels like something goes wrong, and certainly we know the injuries he's not the biggest guy so i don't know uh, you mentioned the development time it's no doubt that that's hurt him um and you just yeah i don't know what to say i feel terrible for him i feel terrible that he's not going to be a part of this down the stretch because he could have been maybe a boost at some point for them um and i just don't know what the future holds there you gotta it's it's gonna be it's so tough to get going again you think it makes him more likely to be active to add another piece of the deadline like could this have any any rippling effect on their deadline plans whether even they, they may have might have used him as, as a potential a chip, yeah. chip and, and now that's just not going to be an option. Yeah, that's probably more likely than uh, than than the other thing. Uh, they were more likely maybe to use him as a younger guy instead of a draft pick. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just with the way that the season was trending for him, like it, like he he hadn't uh, – Found the, the the consistency in the lineup even before he got hurt. So I'm not sure if they were if his injury causes you to say I need to you need to boost the depth here. I think you're you're probably still looking right now if you're Kyle Dubas just to see the bottom six how it develops here. If McMahon, as we talked about earlier, can find some traction, we know the Matthew Nyes is looming out there. Oh yes. I'm sure it'll only be a matter of time before we start breathlessly talking about his 
innings, in, uh, the NCAA season ending for him and what he could do, and he's big and he's strong, and there's that left wing spot, and yeah. as good as Kalyan Kroka has looked at times. So yeah, I feel I just uh, I, I uh, it sucks to talk about another Nick Robertson injury and now another long de- uh, rehab process. So heart, you know, you feel for him. It is sad. Yes, I saw an interesting tweet from our good friend Josh Cloak the other day. I'm going to read it to you. Just saw a Masters Nation upgrade to first class in real time. Swift, flawless, and to applause from nearby fans, Mark Masters is an artist. You don't just do the phone upgrade? You know, just going no, well, I I checked in and then I saw it was just one credit for oh. one credit. I'm like, I gotta go. I got, I, I'm I'm swimming. I'm swimming in credits right now. I know, right and they now. expire. They do. So Jonas Siegel actually taught me about the, the yeah. how you have to just use your credits. Uh, so I, I was like, this is a no brainer. I put it in. I saw. Uh, was it the pod u- upgrade? Was 11, it into a pod? No, it wasn't. It's a, not the biggest plane. It's two hour flight uh, ish. Pods are awesome. I got um, the pod yeah. back on my Feels vacation. Feels wasteful when you use them not on a pod. Yeah, well, like, but not, they do expire. We yeah. don't have a lot of. Pod flights uh, on at least B. There's a lot of these kind of two hour ish one, you know, ninety minute to two hour. I got into trouble by leaving my wife behind on a ninety minute oh, flight. Yeah. <laughs> which a lot of people that was like a oh, little yes. under the radar part of that story is that people are like it wasn't even like a long flight or whatever. But anyway, I stand by that and I stand by this. It was it was good. It was good. It was a busy flight. It was completely packed as a lot of the flights tend to be right now because of all the travel uh, stuff. It was a you know we so I actually it wasn't a pod, but you know what there was it was one of those planes where there was two seats on one side, one seat on the other side. Nice. I got a one-seater, which was great. Um, and I, it was great because they called my name. Everyone was already lining up and they said, Passenger Masters. And There was smattering of applause. I don't know if everyone in the line realized what <laughs> right. they were seeing. No, like no, they, didn't, they must you know, not have. For those fans. And then and then I actually didn't go up right away because I wanted to have it announced again. And They announced them. it again. <laughs> and then there was a little more applause. I ran up trying to high-five people. Not everyone was offering their hands. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was great. It felt really good to be back in business class. That's where I belong, and yep. the, right. it was an awesome flight. I got a, a bottomless cup of tea. I didn't have the meal. I wasn't feeling it, but uh, it was really good to be up there. Nice warm towel and some nuts. It, it, it's great. That's that's where I thrive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Business class for a first-class reporter like Mark Masters. Appreciate it, as always. It's nice. It's the first time, actually, that we've been able to chat in person since was it you were at before performance so we talked to you at the beginning yeah. of the season and now today so it's been a while since we've had this on-air chat and uh well enjoy the game tonight and uh yeah, we'll, we'll do it again soon pal sounds good it's been great to see you guys up in person i remember last uh, time Real yeah before performance seems like a long time ago but it's good to see you guys and good to see you in the building yeah uh so we will take a quick break when we get back i think we can do some on the clock i like Julia. it on the clock coming up on the other side. Uh, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashari. You'll send Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Time now for On the Clock. First hat trick in Austin Matthews' career. Tick-tock. We are on the clock. All right. On the clock. I like the clock sound, A.B. Julian Sherry, Mike Stefano coming at you from Scotiabank Arena in downtown Toronto where the Leafs play the Panthers tonight. Hear it on TSN 1050 tonight at 7 p.m. But before 
we get to that tonight, A.B., we're going to play some On the Clock. Beauty. So, it's been a while since we played On the Clock. Yeah, so it's essentially what happens first. We're going to yes. read off two scenarios, and you and I are going to chew the fat a little, as you and Frankie often do in this in this very <laughs> media gondola uh, about which of these things will happen first. Okay, On the Clock, what happens first? Tampa overtakes the Leafs in the standings. Or, they're only two points back right now. Or, Florida or Buffalo find themselves in a wild card spot. So, A.B., hit me with the exact math right now. Florida's four back of a wild card spot right now? All right, let me pull up the standings on NHL.com. So, yeah, the Leafs are two points up on uh, on Tampa Bay, and Florida is currently four points back on Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh's got a couple games in hand. I mean, what happens first? Uh, so, like, so I, I I think that Toronto gets the win tonight, which would put them four points up, and that would make it a little bit more difficult. I, I'm going to say what happens first. I think Buffalo or Florida find themselves in a wild card spot, hmm. and, and and it's kind of counterintuitive for me to say that, just because obviously if if Toronto wins tonight, Florida loses. Yes. And it's a little more diffi- <laughs> yeah. difficult for them to catch up. But look. I, Although Tampa's playing exceptional hockey right now, one of the best teams in the NHL, I, I just I think that Toronto has a chance to come in here, get a win tonight. Um, they beat Winnipeg earlier this year, and they seem to wake up for those type of rivalry games. So they get another win later on this week, and hopefully they can just keep it keep that rolling, right? Like I think that it's time now for the Maple Leafs. They, they've got someone on their heels. They're gonna have to start winning some games to try and create some separation again for our. Uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning, but when it comes to Florida and Buffalo, I, I'm just I'm not a big believer in the Islanders who are are tied right now with Pittsburgh. I'm I'm just not. I, I think that Pittsburgh is a team too that yeah they're going to win a lot of games here, but ultimately I still think they have some questionable goaltending there, questionable team. So I, I don't know. And then so I, it's such a difficult one to I know. answer. I'm but I'm going to go Tampa Florida right now. Here's the ish. Tampa. Has the Canucks tomorrow night, so oh, put two points man. on their <laughs> on their season right now. Then they've got the Oiland uh, the Oilanders. Oilanders, Oilers or Islanders? Which one are you trying to say there? The Oilers, but that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one, and I had to make sure I got all of it out. And uh, the Flames on Saturday night. That's a. Uh, I, I know that the Oilers and the Flames aren't cakewalk games, but they're games like I feel very comfortable that oh. the. Tampa could win one or both of those. Evander Kane's returning for Edmonton. I know, that makes it interesting. I think it does sound like it's tonight. He's been cleared. We just got the email from from Ryan Rashog. So it does sound like Evander Kane's going to be in. But I don't know if it changes how I feel about the way that this Tampa Bay Lightning team is, is hot right now. And... It's not that the Leafs are cold to me, but the Leafs have colds. A lot of them have colds. Uh, So that makes the week a little bit difficult. So I think, unfortunately, it's going to be tight between the Leafs and the Lightning for until the bitter end here, A.B. So I I think I see the Lightning overtaking the Leafs at some point soon here. But but the Leafs making it a race and coming back. How do you see it ending, though? Do you, do you do you can you see Toronto holding on to home ice advantage? Like yes. And how important do you think that is? Not that important because they had it last really? year. Really? Wow. <laughs> like like that's the, my honest right, answer, A.B. So, like if they're if they're going to be yeah, they imagine have they got to go into Amelie Arena in Game Seven. Like, at least here they have a better chance to win Game 7 than they do having to go on the road to play Vasilevsky. You're going to have Sorelli shutting down Austin Matthews like he typically does. 
in Amelie Arena. How uh, nice advantage. I, they got to win home. They got to get home. Yeah, ice. it's a little bit of an overhype thing to me. To me personally, I don't know. I, I still think the Leafs will, will secure it, but I don't know if it's a as much as a as much as pivotal to me as it is to a lot of people. All right. Next one. Maybe because we've just seen them lose too many Game 6s and Game 7s <laughs> at home. So it's at this Fair point, enough. just kind of throw your hands in the air. Which of the marquee trade targets will be the first to move? Horvat, Kane, Chikrin. God, doesn't it have to be Jacob Chikrin? Or, or are the Vancouver Canucks? So this is... And Kane, too. <sighs> so well, you went from, it's got to be Chikrin to, oh, no, it could be any of them. <laughs> Two uh, well, seconds. I say it's got to be Chikrin because hasn't Chikrin been on the block for like five years now? Like, yeah. hasn't it been five years almost? He <laughs> has. I, 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 I think that's going to be Bo Horvat, though. I, I think Bo Horvat's the, the See, answer Bo, that I'm Bo Horvat is interesting to me because it does feel like the Canucks are kind of the log He's jam. He's gone. He's gone, and it feels like the Canucks are kind of putting a stalemate on on what exactly everyone decides to do just because they they're looking like the tire fire sale and, and so when i look at these three the way i look at it kane i'm not even sure he moves like i, I i'm still not positive he's come back from the injury we'll see what ends he up happening sounds with more kane. convinced about it him and teams both sound more convinced about it recently than they have when speaking about it, eh? Like, yeah, they both kind of sound like they're I can see that being, coming to terms that, with That's going to be, though, like, on deadline day, whereas... Uh, and the Bo injury Horvat, makes it I think interesting, too. I think that, that, that trade, I think, is going to come down, not, like, right away, but I think that trade will be rather soon. Because I look at Bo Horvat, and when I look at the Vancouver Canucks and what I think they're going to do, I just think they've got to take the best offer available for Horvat. When I look at Jacob Chikrin, I don't think they have to just take the best offer. I think they need to get the right offer. I think they need to get it because he's a guy who's under contract for a couple more years. If no one's willing to pay up for this guy to the price that you think he's worth, wait till the summer where there's far more suitors and people can fit in that contract and know where they're at uh, when it comes to cap space. That's the reason why, the only reason why I think that it's more likely for Horvat to get dealt sooner than Chicker. And I think Arizona can can afford to wait on making a move, whereas Vancouver, there's a there's a, a ticking time bomb there. They gotta make a deal, and 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 he's he's gone. I mean, you saw the comments yesterday from Jim Rutherford saying, "Yeah, hey, we we offered this guy a contract uh, at the beginning of the season when he thought he was worth to this point, and then he went off and he's had this unbelievable year, and we're just not willing to to go." To where he believes he's worth now. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like he's, he's had a done it. <laughs> thirty goal season. The guy's on pace for fifty-seven goals. Of course, he's going to want to get paid appropriately in the JT Miller realm that you just paid that guy a season ago. Um, so I, I just think I don't think they're going to resolve things there. So to me, uh, Bo Horvat's got to be the guy I think moves out first. Yeah, that's fair. Uh... Who becomes a regular mainstay in the Leafs lineup first? Ugh, I don't even want to talk about Nick Robertson. He's hurting oh, my heart this, right now. Nick yeah. Robertson or Matthew Nyes? It's an easy Matthew one. Nyes. Yeah, it's an easy yeah. one for me. It's, it's, it's Matthew Nyes. Like, Robertson's been given, health aside, he has been given opportunities to stick with this lineup. Definitely. And he hasn't taken them. I don't know if it's just, be, you, know, you could say the injuries are a big reason for it, that his development has been slowed. But at the end of the day, like he's been given these opportunities, and he hasn't been able to hang on to it. Yeah, he was in the midst of a decent stretch there. Actually, he had gone kind of quiet after that one, really good thing, Dallas he had game. One good game, like his first game, he scored two goals, and everybody was up and on, like, oh, okay, maybe it he's was the, the preseason guy. hype because he was unreal in the preseason. He was good in the preseason. Yeah, that created a lot. So of it was us. Gino Mulligan. 
And now he's and not on the team. Think about how much G- buzz Gino Mulligan was creating at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and that's why you can't take so much stock into what happens in the preseason. It's because everyone's but... like starved for hockey. We're feasting on it like it's well, a buffet. And I just mean, kind of taking it's also like face value. you're not playing against NHL talent half the time. Like half of the lineups that they were playing were junior eligible players or guys who are going to be in the minors. Right. So like they're they're playing AHL games essentially, and we know that they can tear it up in the AHL. Nick Robertson last year when he got sent down did go and put up near point per game. Like we know that he can play against that level of talent, but when he gets to the NHL level, he's yet to show that he could do that. Now, you could say Matthew Nyes hasn't shown anything either because, well, Matthew Nyes hasn't played a single game of pro hockey. Yeah. But you look at the size of Matthew Nyes, and you look at how well he's been playing and the rave reviews. Different style game We had as well. Who did we have on? Craig Morgan, I want to say. I think we had Craig Morgan on when they were taking on when they were in Arizona a couple weeks ago, and he said, yeah, Matthew Nyes was in ASU not too long ago. And boy, does this kid look legit. Like, we were having opposing reporters tell us how great Matthew Nyes looked. Now, obviously, there's a tie there because he's from Arizona, so you've got the Arizona people going out to, to watch him. But I think that he, he's going to be a, a mainstay in this team this year, where I don't think, well, Nick Roberts is not going to be. Whether yeah. that's on the second line, third line, fourth line, I don't know where Matthew Nyes is going to be. But when his season's done in, in Minnesota, he's going to sign here. And I believe that he's going to be on this team. How impactful he'll be? Do we expect him to be a top six contributor right away in the mold that like Matty Berniers was and Matt Boldy was yeah. when they came out of the NCAA? I'm not sure. We're going to have to wait and see on that. But at least I do believe he will be on this team in Game 82 and probably also through the playoffs, whereas that's not even a factor for Nick Robertson, who's out for the season. Yeah, exactly. I think there's some caution to be had here with Matthew Nyes, too, though, A.B., because I think there's a belief among fans that Matthew Nyes is... Well, you don't want Nick Robertson him. Right? Like, like he had so much Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what you don't want to do to this kid. Like, everybody, there was, there was uh, the full court press happening last year among fans and trying to get Matthew Nice to, to leave college and, and come be a leaf for the postseason. So I think there's some caution to be had with this kid. There's a belief, I think, from the sense I get hearing people talk, that this is auto, plug this kid into the second line, and, and he's going to buzz there. I don't know if that's the case, but, but for sure he's going to get a shot there. Yeah. I believe uh, I believe that to be the case as well. Next one. Who scores their first goal of the season? First, McMahon or Morgan Riley? <laughs> yeah, Morgan Riley not scoring. Forty, what are we? Forty-four games yeah. into the season. Yeah, he's got nineteen. Po- I just looked at it because I just dropped him in fantasy. Hilariously enough, no That's goals, tough. nineteen That's assists. Tough. But I'm in a goals league, so. Was this in the TSN league or a different one? It's in the t- TSN league, so oh, it's a it's, that is tough. it's a very tight tight pinching league. So I can't have him hanging around the fringes, not scoring any goals. I believe Bobby McMahon will get his first goal first because he already got it, AB, and it was confiscated from him so rudely. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Morgan Riley. What? I'm gonna go Morgan Riley. I think Morgan Riley's gonna score a goal. It's gonna be on the power play. This is just two TSN quiz. Like no. we actually didn't plan our answers beforehand and opt to go with different answers here. AB is just going with the with the hipster answer. Look, I, I think what we need to realize is that Morgan Riley is not like this is a former twenty goal scorer. The guy can score goals, right? And you know, we we hope that TJ Brody comes back soon. But you know, Timothy Lilligren is a, a pretty solid player and you know we heard Sheldon Keefe talk about how comfortable he's gonna be with that pairing tonight. 
I mean, I could see a goal tonight out of Morgan Riley. Remember 21-22? Like, 20 goals! It's insane. No, no not, the year before. It was 18-19. It was, uh, no, he had 20 goals. Then he had 72 points, and then he had another kind of uh, standout year in 21-22 with uh, the 68 points. points. Yeah. Career high, 72, 20 goals. He only had 10 goals last year. He's The fact that he has zero, he's due. Yes, he's he is due. due. He and is as due. much as I love Bobby McMahon, I love the way that he plays. I can see him scoring a goal at some point here. Um, Morgan Riley gets gets the power play time, okay. a- and I could see him net one on the power play. You know, John Tavares in front of the net, screening. You know, whoever's in goal tonight, whether it's Bobrovsky, Knight, Leon. Uh, you know, I I couldn't. You know, I I wouldn't be shocked. Let's say if he scored tonight. Okay. So I'm gonna go with uh, my guy Mo. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, one more here. Yeah, quickly. Okay, what happens first? Matthews hits 30 goals. on the, this, is, this is a really depressing on the clock. Steph, we have to talk about this. What happens first? What? Matthews hits 30 goals on the season or McDavid hits 100 points? Why is that depressing? What do you mean? I, 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 McDavid to get 17 more points or Matthews to score nine more goals? Well, I do think that McDavid hits 100 first. Yeah, but like, that's we're talking what I points, mean. But we're talking points versus goals here. Um, I, I still don't think that's depressing, but I think McDavid, I mean, I, I think he hits 100 points just because this is, he's scoring almost two points per game. And to get there, you'd have to go, what, like eight more games? And he'd be able to get to that point, get to that margin, eight, maybe nine <laughs> games. Yeah. Whereas then you'd have to look at Austin Matthews, although he could go and That's score nine I mean. goals in the like, next nine games. He looked pretty hot against the Bruins. I'd love is to think that he picks it up. I'd love to think that this is a stretch. Because that goal, it wasn't that he scored, it was the way that he scored mm. that made me kind of raise my eyebrows. Nice little tuck, drag, and roof action. It looked Austin. It looked yeah. very Austin, and I'd love to think he's getting into a bit of a groove to go on a run here. It's, like This is actually a really close one. Like I think that they, these could happen almost on on the same night. Like realistically, yeah, like fair. in the next eight nine games, both of these players could hit those those milestones. Because if Matthews is starting to get like if those couple of games off that he had has rejuvenated him, and he's now going to go out there and perform to the expectation we did coming into the season. Of course, he could rattle off nine goals in a nine game span. We've seen it happen many. He rattled off, rattled off fifty and fifty. Last year, seriously. So yeah, a goal per game over the next nine. I think that's doable. Um, but I'm still gonna, if I'm gonna place my money, it's it's gonna be on on Connor McDavid. Uh, all right. Um, on the other side, we're gonna get back into tonight's game, Leafs and Panthers. It'll be here on TSN 1050 puck drop at seven o'clock. We got my puck picks on the other side. I'm Mike DeStefano with Julie Tasheri. It was an Leafs lunch here on TSN 1050. Well, they're, they're very important for lots of reasons, the standings, you know, um, measuring sticks and all that. We do have a very competitive division, of course, and it's not just the, the Boston and Tampa's of the world, but, uh, you know, you see all the, all the teams in our division, you know, have, or they're either really pushing or at different times they put together really good stretches of hockey. Leafs Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards. Available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. That was Sheldon Keith 
on uh, divisional games, being important measuring sticks for themselves. And they'll be taking on the Florida Panthers tonight in a interdivisional rivalry game. Uh, you can listen to that right here on TSN 1050. Puck drop at 7. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashery. Um, congratulations, by the way, to Mitchell uh, Nazar. You've scored a pair of Leafs tickets to that Jets game on January 19th. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram for your chance to win free Leafs tickets all season long. And uh, as we we're talking about Mark Masters, I expect for that to be a heated. Uh, oh, that'll be a hype game. game. Yeah. I'm I'm jammed up for that game. Yeah. I saw Jesse tweeting about it today already. Well, actually, I have to oh, get him on before. Is he going to be in the building for that one? I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. He's like an honorary member of the Winnipeg Jets now since he participated in their skills competition. That's pretty sweet. I, I Honestly, saw that out there. Honestly, it was pretty cool. Like I, I, that kid. Could you imagine if, like, ten years ago, somebody would told young Jesse, "Hey." You're going to be in the locker room, Aww. on the ice, in the dressing room for the team skills competition. Man, that kid would have uh, awesome. would have told you that you're you're high or something like that. Uh, all right, JT, why don't we get to uh, my puck picks today do it. for Leafs and Panthers. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. <laughs> Professor Al's brother, what do you got for us today? All right, so I'm looking at a couple of prop bets for tonight. So Toronto, as you would anticipate, they are the favorite team in this one. They're the playoff team coming up against a team that is not currently a playoff team that also played yesterday. So they're the more tired team. Um... What I like is for the Maple Leafs to get the victory tonight. I think they come up with the with the win in regulation, and it goes over the total of five and a half goals. So you can parlay a Leafs win and over five and a half goals, uh, and that pays plus one seventy. You know the Panthers on night two back to backs. They haven't had a good record. They're one and four so far on the season in their second nights. Where the Leafs rested on two days rest are eight one and two on the year, and they've played really really excellent on home ice. So I think they get the victory and score more, uh, six or more goals, which has happened in six of the last seven meetings between these two teams. Uh, I'm also looking at a shot prop. I like Austin Matthews to get three and a half shots. He's averaging 4.1 shots on goal uh, against the Panthers in his career. He hasn't been hitting those overs of late, but we know there's been a little bit of an injury, something that's been ailing him, but he looked rejuvenated in that Boston game. I think he has one tonight and goes over the number of three and a half shots on goal. And then here's one for you. Mitch Marner, over one and a half points. I think Marner has a big performance. Why is that? He's got 16 points his last seven games against the Florida Panthers, five of which have been multi-point games. I think that trend continues. It'll be a big night for Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I think that he goes over the number of one and a half. Those are my plays tonight on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I like it, AB. I like it. I didn't realize Mitch was so hot against the Florida Panthers. I was, I was looking it up. I was like, all right, who's, who torches the Panthers? Like, we always look up who torches the Leafs. I'm like, <laughs> is there anyone on this team that just has a lot of success? And I remember he had, like, a four-point game a couple, like, last season. Um, he had a couple three-point games. Like, he legitimately goes in there and torches the Leafs. Remember there was that 7-6 overtime game a year ago that they played last year? Ended up with four points in right. that one. So I think, uh, you know, he could end up with, with a pair of points at least tonight, and the Maple Leafs hopefully can get a win. I also do like, maybe even a, if we want to go with a bonus bet tonight, 
over three and a half goals for the Maple Leafs. The Panthers have given up three or more goals in four of the last five games, and they're coming in on night two of a back-to-back, and we're not sure who's starting. It could be Alex Leone who has yet to play a game in the NHL this year. could be Spencer Knight, who's coming off of an injury. Or it could be Sergei Bobrovsky, who played yesterday and would be presumably a little tired tonight and, I mean, hasn't been the best this season. Yeah. A little better of late, but I still think the Maple Leafs could put up four past uh, Bobrovsky or even three in an empty netter at the very worst. So uh, even over three and a half goals for uh, for the home side I like as well. Yeah, and I'm thinking about Paul Maurice. I know he had Hellebuck back in, in Winnipeg, but he definitely wasn't scared of the back-to-back yeah, play, would, though I don't know if we could equate that. He would go to him, yeah, he would go to him uh, a couple of times on, on back-to-back nights, but uh, we'll see if, the, if, the, if that ends up being the case case today. I think we'll probably hear in the next little bit what Paul Maurice decides to do and who's going to be the starter for the Panthers tonight. We do know it's going to be Matt Murray as a starter for the Leafs tonight, uh, but that'll do it for us here today. You can listen to tonight's game on TSN 1050. Uh, Jimmy Ralph and Joe Bowen will have the call at 7 o'clock, and the Tatman and uh, Josh Cloak actually going to be doing, yeah, they're going to be doing intermission and post game. So uh, looking forward to that broadcast. Should be a fun one tonight. Always is when Kachuk's in town too. So uh, it'll be a good one. Enjoy the game, folks. That does it for us today. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on tsn1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Cos coming up next.